Hello, I'm Jack Russell, and welcome back to Positive Life Skills. This is our eighth podcast, and I really hope you enjoy this one. Um, today, I'm really fortunate to be joined by Kate Turner, who runs a company called Motivational Leadership. And Kate has spent the last day with me, coaching me on um, some really interesting topics involved with motivational maps. So, Kate, you're really welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you for inviting me. So, I suppose the first thing I'd like to ask you, Kate, is what does motivation mean to you? Motivation is basically the the reason why we've called our our business Motivational Maps. It's such a core concept. It's one that's often forgotten. Let's face it, nothing happens without motivation. For me, motivation is something you can't see. It is invisible, but we really know it when it's around. A bit like Mm. with electricity. So if you sort of think, I don't know, about your phone, you know, you can see that there's electricity in the charger, but you only notice that there's electricity once your phone lights up. And that's a bit like us with motivation. You know, we absolutely recognise it when it ignites our behaviours but we're not always sure what it is that's causing those behaviours. So that's why motivation is important. It's invisible, it causes our behaviour, and bluntly, it explains why we do what we do. Brilliant. And, you know, we live in a world where we can measure things, we measure everything from heart rate, blood pressure, we, we, we measure KPIs. Is there a language for motivation when we can measure people's motivation? Great question. I think if you ask a room full of people what motivates you, you're going to get as many responses as there are people in the room and and many, many more fold, I expect, as well. What we do need is a common language so that we're able to understand and comprehend how is my motivation similar or different to yours, Mm. to get down to just a few words that means, oh, yeah, I get it now. I get that you're similar to me or I get that's quite different to what I would have thought you would be motivated by. So we're really lucky that there is a a tool that we use uh, that is very much focused on creating a language around motivation. It's called Motivational Maps. Mm. It's been around since 2000. So a long time, but it's really very effective at giving individuals, teams, organisations that common language that you're talking about. But what's great about it is it also measures motivation. It does that in two ways. One, it helps measure just how important each of those motivators are for you. So just how much you want each of those motivators But it also does something else that I've not seen any other tool do, and that is it measures the extent to which each of those motivators is currently being met. And once you know that, you can start taking action. You can have some plans in place to close any gap that might be there between where you currently are and where you want to be in how well you're being motivated right now, which is really essential. Yeah. And, you know, we talk about, you know, motivational maps. Go, go, go a little bit further. And um, I know that we talk about achievement and, and growth and relationships, but give me a little bit more language. Explain a little bit more. Yeah, thank you. So, Within motivational maps, there's nine motivators. And as you've just alluded to, there's three clusters, three families, if you like, that they sit in. So we have the relationship motivators that are all to do with needing other people around, whether that's around wanting connection and belonging, which we call friend, or whether it's about um, getting a sense of security by being part of something. So we call that one defender. But there's also one in there, which is around where you get your social esteem from, how you feel good because 
because of how other people see you. And we call that one star. So that's our relationship motivators. The next grouping is called achievement. And the achievement motivators, they range from expert, which is about learning. Funnily enough, if you've got expert as high, you're probably the least likely to call yourself an expert. But you're seeking expertise, seeking specialism. And it's funny, I I, I often look at um, YouTube and I imagine that there's a lot of people on YouTube that are high expert. They want to share their knowledge, their skill, their ability with the rest of the world. Yeah, that's interesting. So some of them might be doing it for that reason, because they want to be able to share their knowledge, as you say, with the rest of the world. And other people who watch a lot of that YouTube stuff are doing it because they want to be able to gain the knowledge. You know, we're so lucky these days, aren't we, that we can go and get that information, that knowledge from anywhere. We can plug it in as we're going for a walk. We don't need to wait wait for a training session. So yeah, the motive behind doing it might Mm. be uh, multifaceted, but yeah, expert might be one of them. But that's one of the achievement motivators popular one um, that I see a lot within the the people I work with. Carrying on with achievement, we've then got Builder, which is about money. Whenever you ask people what motivates people, they always sort of feel they've got to mention money somewhere. But actually, if you've got Builder as a motivator, it really does motivate you. It's something that you go to work in order to build your wealth to be able to have a certain standard of living. So that's a a key one for some. And the last one within that grouping is one called Director, which is around having control, being able to make things happen through other people and wanting to achieve. So that's our our achievement ones. And and often I I think that, you know, even if somebody is fairly junior in 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 an organisation, you know, let them be in control, you know, even if it's the stationary cupboard, let them do be in charge or, or, or in control of something. Yeah, absolutely. And so if that's something that's important to them, being able to be able to have that motivator met will just drive more of those behaviours that is them being on their best day. Whereas if you don't meet those motivators, then they're going to be left wanting. So yeah, absolutely. So there are achievement motivators, the second category. The third grouping, and none of these are any better than any others, but the third category is ones that we call growth. And these include things like creator, which is about really enjoying problem solving, coming up with new Mm. and different ways of solving problems. We have one which is around spirit, which is freedom, autonomy, independence, being how to find your own way in life and, and not then, be micromanaged yeah and... totally so absolutely you know if you've got high spirit the last thing you probably want is a manager and mm-hmm. you certainly don't want yeah. one that is telling you you what to do because it would just feel constraining it feels like you're not able to give of your best sure. but the ninth motivator and the third one within this grouping is one called searcher and this is around making a difference this is you know you knowing that what you do contributes in some way and whether that's big picture you know making a difference to whether it's I don't know in a charity wanting to see the end of motor neurone disease whatever or whether it's simply that you know that the work you do matters. And adds value. Adds value that somebody else is going to read this report, Mm. you know, that somebody else is going to notice that Mm. you've taken the time and trouble on those numbers. That can be enough for searcher. Mm. So it's working out whether that purpose is big P or small P. No, I can see that. And and actually, you know, listening to you talk about those and and are some of those motivators in conflict? You know, it sounds to me that as in life, we're always... We've always got a bit of dissonance with with different things, a bit of polarity. Is there anything that... Yeah, yeah, well, well spotted. So exactly. So 
as I was describing those words, you know, you, people may have been hearing, oh, yeah, I really want that sense of autonomy, that spirit, mm. that freedom to do things by myself. But hang on a minute. I also want to have a sense of belonging to be with people, which sure. is friend. So it's being able at that point to be able to have both. How do you have both of those things? And if you don't resolve that, what happens is you can get into procrastination. It actually stops you from doing what you really want to do. So, yeah, yeah that's something really important to look at. No, I get that. And I and I often think, you know, I, I was just hearing you talk about, you know, being high director. But I suppose if you've got somebody who's very high director and, and also very high friend, that can cause conflict, you know, a sort of sense of, you know, leadership is not always a popularity contest. Yeah. I can I can really see that. So I suppose, Kate, is there a way that we can measure that? And it's all very well knowing these, you know, nine motivators, but, but you know, how do we get a, a score of how motivated people are? Yeah. So I think the easiest way is to do a motivational map. I'm bound to say that <laughs> because it is an objective way of being able to look through those nine motivators and being able to rank them and, and see to what extent they're being met. However, if you haven't got a motivational map, then there are some ways and questions you can ask of yourself to start eliciting what those motivators are. And once you've done that, really just asking yourself to what extent is this being met for me right now and being able to work your way through there. So you can do it without maps. But. And, you know, I mean, I've been involved, um, you know, thankfully to you in, in, in the past, I've been involved for quite some time with motivational maps and it's a tool which I really love. But, you know, what happens and what do you do if somebody comes back with quite a low score? Mm, yeah, and I think as a practitioner, you can sometimes be a little bit worried that that, is going to happen or if you're a manager actually what we've seen in the past that's been a reason why managers haven't wanted to have motivational maps done or even venture into that questioning Mm. because they're worried but actually you asking the questions isn't going to make it worse actually what it's going to do is make it better because it gives language and voice to how people are actually feeling so never be afraid of those low numbers it is what it is but it is also important to remember that the low motivational scores and by what we mean there is that their motivators aren't being met very well that's not equal to their level of performance hmm. so you know there'll be times i'm sure jack it's it's true for you it's certainly true for me there's been times where you've not really enjoyed your job you've not enjoyed working with a particular client or, oh, or I, could, I couldn't yeah. say that possibly <laughs> at some in your, your distant past maybe that yeah. might have been true but it doesn't mean to say that you didn't do a good job so what would have been happening in those situations was that your professionalism will have kicked in and you will have been digging deep and pushing through to do a good job so your level of performance could still have been high let's call it a nine out of ten but your motivation your renewable source of motivation might have been a three out of ten or thirty percent so what will have been happening is that you're having to dig into your energy reserves to keep up that level of performance. What we try to do with motivational maps is identify that and say, well, if it's three out of 10, what can you do to make it a four, a five, a six? And ultimately something that does equate to the level of performance so that you're not waning each time, you're not suffering each time you go and do that work. Actually, it's something that fills you up. So, yeah, if you get a low motivational score, it's just a gap analysis of saying, you know what, this needs some attention in the same way as if you were driving along the road and you recognise you had a low fuel tank time to pull into the into the garage isn't it and get yeah. some more fuel well, absolutely and you know kate you've been involved in personal development leadership for for years now what motivates you hmm. 
<laughs> Good question. I do a map regularly. It does change. We always say that motivation changes through age and stage. And it does sort of pop around a little bit some of what my top motivators are. But right now, and these tend to stay in my top four, very much about making a difference, mm. wanting to know that what I do contributes. So, so searcher. Spirit is my second one. I love being able to do things by myself and being yeah. independent. It really does drive the way that I've, I've grown my own business. And I imagine many people with their own business, or if you have a high spirit, you know, you want to be able to make your own decisions, have your Absolutely. own organisation. And it's one of the challenges, actually, if you grow in a business like I have, you yourself want to be independent, but mm. you also want to grow a business so you rely on other people. And those people that you're probably most attracted to bring in the business are also motivated by being by themselves. So it brings a challenge of how do you bring the team together when they are very independent. Mm. But you can do it through the other motivators. So we do it through coalescing around how we can make a big difference together. Also through my third motivator, which is creativity. So being able to come up with better ways of working. And we know that two brains, three brains, four brains are better than one. So the team, by working together, because they can come up with better answers that make a bigger difference, means that we're a team, but we also need to have our own our own space to be able to go and practice by ourselves and not be told what to do <laughs> yeah no i can i can massively relate to that and i you know for, for me you know i'm very high searcher you know my whole life's about you know meaning and purpose and adding value and and also spirits really important you know to be able to have that freedom and autonomy i really get that and i also like to you know be in control of my destiny you know to and control and and work with an organisation that, that ultimately is making a difference. And, you know, that hugely motivates me. And I think, you know, during lockdown, you know, that was pretty tough because, you know, you couldn't be with people. Mm. So it was hard to make a difference. It was it was also hard when we were being told that, you know, you haven't got your freedom. And, you know, there was a massive sense of, you know, fear and being out of control. So I can really see how dynamic these motivators can be mm. and how they can come and go absolutely and I think you know being able to look back at other times in your life to think about how your motivators would have shown up then and how they're different now is really important mm. because you are not the same person now as you were then and I think there is a danger for some people that they they go back to when they're at the moment of trying to get a clarity you know beginning of the year they're trying to get clarity as to who they are there can be a danger of going back to, oh, yeah, who I am is who I used to be, you know, what used oh. to drive me, what used to motivate me. And I'd say, you know, who are you today? Yeah. You know, what motivates you today? Absolutely. And I, and I think you're right, you know, and I'm guilty of this, that a lot of us, you know, drive looking in our rearview mirror. But actually, the future is really good place to get interested in. That's where we spend the yeah. rest of our lives. Absolutely. And um, you know how passionate I am about, um, you know, looking at personal development and, and leadership, be it personal leadership or followership or leading others in schools. If we could put a, a motivational map in the hand of every young child and we can have that as a, as a part of a leadership lesson, if you were to teach and coach and facilitate motivation in schools, what would you do straight away? I think this is such an untapped area. I think this is really, really exciting. Yeah, if I look at my my children and having these sorts of conversations with them, bringing the awareness, mm. giving 
young people the language through which they can recognise where they're different, what makes them uniquely them in terms of what drives them rather than the need to conform and being able to give them the voice, therefore, of what they need and want in order to learn really effectively. So I think what I would do is help bring that awareness through the language of, of MAPS but also help them take responsibility for what they can do to have that met for them throughout life. For me, you know, work is something where we can be at our best and we should love what we do. But I think some young people may look at the world of work and think that's where you have to compromise yourself. And yeah. That's not true. It's not true. Well, I totally agree. Oh, it makes me feel emotional. How motivated are we as a nation? Well, that's an interesting one. There's very few figures available that look directly at how motivated we are. I mean, I can look across our um, pool of people who have done maps and I can see that, you know, there's a real range. I know that people are sort of singing and dancing if they, they're, they're scoring over 80%. But, mm. um, you know, it's a rare thing. It's actually a rare thing for us to see. What, to be happy and, to all, be and, and that motivated? motivated. And yeah, to be that motivated. Yeah. You know, and every, you know, percentage point lost is probably that person having to dig deep a bit further into being able to show up well. So regularly we see numbers in the 50 and 60 percentiles to, mm. to, of motivation. But the closest sort of real number that we can get to is engagement figures. And it's depressing. It's actually quite depressing and it, or an opportunity, depending on how you look at it. You know, worldwide, what we see globally is that about 23% of the workforce is engaged, which is low. But in the UK, it's near a 10%. It's so low. And actually, in terms of looking at people who aren't engaged at work, yep. about 59%. And these people are sort of called the quiet quitters. Huh. They're still in the work, they're still performing, but they are quietly yeah. not doing themselves justice. The and prisoners on the bus. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And then we leave about 18% of people who are actively disengaged. They're the loud quitters. You know that they're not happy, mm. but they're not necessarily doing anything about it either. So there's an awful lot of untapped potential within our businesses from a business perspective is leaving us wanting. But if you look at it from a human potential perspective, sure. that's where I think we really need to sort of ask ourselves, is it acceptable that the vast majority of people are not having sustainable levels of motivation and if we are able to put motivational maps into the hands of people or get them talking about motivation in the same way we do about skills and behaviours, if we're able to give that language to people, I think it would be a very different place in which Gosh, we work. Gosh, wouldn't it? Yeah. And, and we're living in a world where, you know, we we know that our world is uncertain. We've got the rise of, of AI and and I wonder just, just what that'll do to our motivation. You know, where will we be? in the next five, five, ten years. I think this is absolutely critical. You know, perhaps a lovely question to ask is, is what things, what three things could be done straight away to motivate our society based on what you've just said? Mm. And by the way, I could really hear your expert coming out. <laughs> I didn't mention expert earlier. It's my fourth motivator, but thank you. fourth motivator expert there. Yeah, but what, I mean, think about three things, Kate, that we could do straight away that might really impact mm. our society. With. And I'm actually going to, there's a great question. I'm going to link it back to what you were just saying, which was around the rise of AI. Actually, I think if we made work more human, yeah. If we were to concentrate on the human experience of work and what it is to be a human at 
work rather than be thinking about how can we get employees to be more engaged or how can we get workers to work harder. That feels like a very top-down model, whereas human experience is from the inside out. So how can we really listen to the people that we work with and Mm. really understand how they want to show up in life and work in the experiences that we have um, to be able to, to make that happen. I think the second piece is around how we can we increase the responsibility that we each take to harness our own motivation rather than leaving it to others. You know, our motivation is most important to us. It really is. You know, other people might be affected by it being low, but we know how that feels when it's when it's low. So it's about our responsibility to take action, to constantly be thinking, how can I get that to a level that nourishes nurtures who I am so I can fully show up so that would be the second thing that I would say and then something that possibly feels a little bit simple but one that I am forever talking about with organizations and that's to take responsibility for our lowest motivate our basic motivators rather our, our, our basic needs yeah I can see that so many people go into their day, their work day, and don't think about how they're going to meet their basic needs. How are they going to make sure that they get, you know, the right level of contact with people, the amount of, you know, for me, the sky, you know, for me, if I'm, if I, the worst thing you can do, and I'm sure you've had this, Jack, when you've gone to a training venue is you go in, you're shown into this room with no windows. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you're looking to inspire people. And you're looking to inspire people. <laughs> and show them the light. Yeah. And you're like, oh, so, you know, if that happens, I have to make sure that I get out today. And today we did that, didn't we? I mean, you've got a beautiful office where, where you work, but we still got out, didn't we? We yeah, still we went out for a we beautiful did. walk to be able to just replenish, just be able to get different perspective. Yeah. And those basic needs are so key. And I think through the last three years, we've been very good at just soldiering on and believing that we'll recover at the weekend, you know, we'll be fine once we've had a sleep. But actually, how do we fill up our day with making sure our basic needs are being met and mm. supporting each other to yeah, make Yeah, really, happen. really nourishing mm. self and others. Yeah, I remember going on a course once and a guy stood up, he was a CEO, and he said, good morning, everyone, we're here for a day on motivation. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember thinking, you know, how do we show up in the world? Uh, for me, uh, one of my absolute passions, as you know, is, is if we could drop this into schools. Okay. If this could, you know, I'm going to my lesson on motivation, I'm going to my lesson on leadership you know how exciting would that be or my lesson on communication Mm. you know how exciting would that be absolutely okay it's been absolutely wonderful having you here and 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 you know just filling my mind and sarah who we work with just filling our minds with with the thoughts of motivation so that you know we can work better with others but you've written a book tell us a little bit about that (laughs) So Create Motivation, Unlock the Leader Within was inspired through seeing so many capable, brilliantly influential and full of potential leaders who were digging deep, pushing through, falling over and recognising that what we needed to do was being able to harness their own motivation and also the motivation in their team. What I was seeing was that they were lending their motivation to their team. They were revving up their team to be able to perform really well. What they needed to do was being able to give that responsibility to their own teams that everybody was Mm -hmm. ready for, for what was to come. And Create really was inspired by that and being able to recognise that 
by understanding who you truly are as an individual, your motivations, your your mindset, your skills, your behaviour, and what does success mean for you and redefining success on your terms. By identifying what that is now and where you want it to go in the future, you start to build a plan to be able to step into your full potential. So, uh, yeah, Create Motivation really is my, my offer of helping people and where can we find person. it? Amazon, I think? It is. It's number one best-selling book on Amazon. So you'll find it on there. There's a website, which is create-motivation.co.uk. And there's lots of free resources on there, which I'd really encourage you to sign up to. And lots of, of uh, obviously, words on there that really speak to that human experience that I was talking about earlier. So please do sign up to, to that. Brilliant. Thank you, Kate. I have felt hugely motivated um, spending a day with you. Thank you. Pleasure. Likewise. Thank you.